coming to you live from Canada. Here comes your game-changing, life-transforming turning point moment. <clears throat> yes, this is the sign you've been looking for. You're listening to Engage City Church. Powered by hope, not hype. Online at engagechurch.ca. Uh, I've known I've known Brett for a number of years. I've known Des since Brett met Des, and and uh, I've had a chance to talk with Brett for a, a uh, during his music career, where he was an award-winning band. I don't know how many people knew that he was in a band. You can purchase the album online right now. He never he never talks about it at all. But uh, if we can welcome Pastor Brett and Pastor Des to the stage. So text in your questions. We've already had a number of people do that already, so thank you. By the way, if you're new, if this is your first time at church, you can fill out this thing, and uh, we're going to hook you up with uh, free coffee from Perks, because who doesn't love coffee? And we love you. There you are. Uh, let's start. Actually, I think the best, because uh, Seb said it, the history of the church might be probably the best question to kick it off, so... What is the history of the church? So um, we're about four and a half years old now. We're four and a half years into this thing. It's going to be five years in January. And uh, so we're, we're excited because uh, I guess I'll say this for the very first time out loud. I shouldn't maybe commit to it. But we're working right now on a five-year anniversary celebration next spring. Um, and so that's going to be awesome. Some of our uh, favorite guests and speakers are going to actually be coming for it. It's going to be a weekend kind of deal, and um, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, the friend, the some of the pastors say, "Hey, we're going to be there for that and celebrate with you." So uh, we're still working out with venues what the dates are going to be, but it's going to be in spring of next year. So just just pencil off basically April till June uh, every weekend and make sure you have no plans and we'll, uh, it's going to be a great time that we have. Yeah, uh, it's going to be amazing. So I think it's probably going to be in April, but that's awesome. So it's five years. So we started, Desiree and I moved here um, four and a half years ago and uh, we knew two people in Spruce Grove, but we felt like this is where we were supposed to be. We started with prayer and worship nights and we, we hit the grand total of 12 people, and we're like, man, we're, we're ready to roll. So uh, that was all we had. Even Joel came out in the early days. I think he came once and never came back because it's like, who just, who just wants to be in the midst of people uh, in somebody's living room? And, and so we, we transition, and, and the way that our story works is it's always the right thing at the wrong time. And uh, so it was very next to impossible to find a venue here in Spruce Grove. It still is uh, very difficult. And we've actually worked and helped finding churches' other homes as well because we knew the battle, and I got in a real big fight with the city manager about it. Um, he still doesn't like me, but that's fine. The mayor does, so we're okay. And uh, so we got into, uh, we moved into the movie theater when we started, and we signed that contract on the Friday before our first Sunday. And we moved in, and we, we doubled our numbers almost up to like 22. And uh, we just started rolling those first few years. It was, uh, the worship was me and Christy on keys and probably Matt on cajon. And, uh, and then we did a video in between so that I would have one and a half minutes to go and sit down, gather my thoughts, and then get ready to go speak. And we just did whatever we had to do in the movie theater. And, uh, you know, 
Uh, we had planted a church before that in Edmonton, and, and when we planted that one, we, we partnered with a whole bunch of uh, people. So we, it felt like we had all the money in the world to do what we had to do, but when we came out here, we had none of that. We didn't have any of that, and we printed up, um, you know, what you're supposed to do in church planning is print up these, like, partner cards and mail them out to all, all your friends and contacts and all those things. They can support you monthly. And so I got them printed up, and uh, God said, how about you don't send those? And I was like, how about you send me some money then? Because <laughs> he's like, no, I, I don't want you to, to, to do that. And so we started the church with under $5,000. Uh, and we just, you know, hoofed it out. Some generous contributions from other churches that got us at $5,000. Abundant Life in Edmonton bought us our first sound system, which is actually still being used in kids ministry uh, right now. So it was just the faithfulness of God at every step. I needed to get a job. I managed Starbucks for the first year that we were out there. Even getting that store, getting that location, it was a miracle. Everything that, every step of the way, it's been a miracle. Our house, it's been a miracle buying it, you know, at the price that we got. Every single thing that God has done, fast forward to two years after we started the church two years ago, we tried to move. We had to move because the movie theater got bought out three times, and Landmark decided that operas in Spruce Grove on Sunday morning at 1030 was going to be the ticket to success. And so they did not renew our contract. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but they've done like two, and it wasn't the ticket to success uh, that they thought it was going to be. And uh, I bet you didn't even know that they had one. And so we went, tried to move into a warehouse. Thank God we didn't because the warehouse only seated like 50 people. Uh, so if, if, you know, we were kind of like full like the first Sunday that we moved in there. And, uh, and then God opened up this facility the Friday before I was supposed to, oh, sorry, the Sunday before I was going to file paperwork on a Monday. So that's our story. It's like God always shows up right and on time. It's never when I want it. <laughs> it's always when he wants it. And he's always got a plan. And uh, right, it's always to the wire, but he just is always there. He's always faithful. So my grand strategy in leading the church is follow Jesus even when it doesn't make sense because he knows the answer and uh, he's going to make a way even when there's literally actual no way. This, with this thing, like moving in here was such a miracle because we didn't even know this was, this was a possibility. And uh, it's just the faithfulness of God, just like we sang. Next question. Do we need to go to church every Sunday, especially during football season? <laughs> the football season was added, but... Added by you. Maybe. Johnny also has been petitioning for a ticker across the Think bottom of the screen. Think about this, though. One second. If you could have at the bottom of the screen as Brett is preaching, the football scores so then everybody would be okay and we'd know what was going on. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> Do we need to go to church on Sunday? <laughs> By the way, I go to church every Sunday. Johnny does. And anyway, I'm not going to say what you do at the back with your phone. I always know how the game's going. That is not true. By I the always way. know how the game's going. If Johnny's looking sad, and it's like, ooh, Lions are losing, <laughs> which is all the time. So um, do you need to go to church on Sunday? Uh, all the time. Um, is there an obligation? No. Is it a good idea? Yes. Uh, I want to say consistency is king. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, giving of our three, uh, three treasures, and that's our time, our talent, and, uh, and our actual treasure, our money. And um, I think coming to church uh, builds a consistency in your life. Here's what we love about Jesus. We love his faithfulness. <laughs> we love it. We love that he's always faithful. You know what Jesus loves in us? Our faithfulness. 
theoretically, if you have it. Uh, and it's and it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to build it into your routine. For some of us, especially, uh, we're like, oh, we're just we're so free in Jesus. We don't have to come all the time. It's totally fine. Uh, once you have a family, it's it becomes not about you. It becomes about your family, and you need to build that consistency into your life for your family so that they know that it's a priority. Because the way that you you put an emphasis on things, uh, you know, if you're always clearing your schedule to watch the hockey game, then there's a priority that's passed on and that's learned. If church always comes first and it always becomes a priority, then whether or not you ever say it to your, to your kids or to your family, a priority is established. So it's about consistency in your life. It's about creating a priority. And I think the biggest misconception is that we come to church for us. And that, that's true to a certain extent, but oftentimes we, we are, we're coming as much to church for the person that's sitting beside us as we are for ourselves. Because if we see ourselves as the family of God, then we have a responsibility to come. If you're in the greatest season of your life and things are going super well, then, then that's the time you need to be coming to the church the most because there's always somebody near you who is not. And when you come into church and you start worshiping, you start to sing, and you're just like, God, I'm so thankful. I'm praising. You're actually picking them up, and you're carrying them, and you're bringing them with you uh, into your season, and you're encouraging them by your response. So we think that church is about us, but it's about other people. And, uh, and us doing this together as a family, your, your family needs you. Your family needs you. And that's why I think it's important. Uh, our kind of template, you know, there's uh, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about faith, hope, and love. Sunday represents the hope part of that equation. Uh, our connect groups, our engaged groups, um, all those things where you get to dive a little bit deeper into Bible study, that represents faith where you can let your anchors and your roots go way down. And then our community stuff uh, represents love, and love is interwoven throughout everything. But Sundays are for hope, and your presence uh, brings hope. And you may not think that, but I can tell you, um, you can help carry people into the presence of Jesus. Sorry, writing down questions. A uh, couple of the ones that are very similar that have come through. So see if we can figure this out. Um, something like, do you think the church as a whole should be more vocal about political issues, uh, social justice issues, moral issues, for example, abortion? Uh, churches in America seem to be doing this, but Canadian churches uh, don't. They seem somewhat complacent. Desiree? <laughs> okay. Uh, we have to separate two things. We have to separate political issues, and we have to separate moral issues. Uh, in Canada, it is not permitted for us as a charity to be political advocates for a specific party or for a specific candidate from the state, using our influence and our voice to back that. If you do that, you are on very... Uh, rocky ground with the federal government. So if you if you want to know how to lose a charity status, you get up at every election and you endorse cam, uh, candidates. Now, so that's the political side of, of, of that representation. If I got up here and I told you who to, I think you should vote for every time, um, we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> now, on moral issues, that, that's a secondary thing. Can we speak to a moral standard or a moral issue, absolutely. Should we do more of it? Sure. Um, but it comes back to um, what are we passionate about as a family? You know, kind of our whole philosophy is if you're passionate about something, then, then let's get you doing that thing. Let's, let's, let's give you the tools and, and the ability to do that. So if there's people here that are passionate about speaking out on things, whether it's, it's abortion or it's, um, I mean, pick, 
pick your topic, then, then let's activate you and, and gather some people around you and, and get something going. Uh, I, but I think it's, we can speak to what the Word of God says, and we can speak to those standards, and then how we're going to respond to that is, is going to be determined by um, how the family of God wants to respond to that. Can we always do more? Yeah, there's never an end to what we can do. But uh, our, 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 our limitation is when it comes into the political sphere of, of, of supporting specific parties or candidates. Now, what we could do, which we're not going to do, but what we could do is, at a, like, let's say, like a provincial election, we could bring every single candidate at one time and give them all five minutes to talk, but let's be honest, it's going to turn into 15 minutes, and then it's going to get real weird in here, and I don't think that, that the church should be used as, as a campaigning territory. This is a safe place for anybody from any background, um, whether or not you like their politics or not. <laughs> Why? Because this is a family, and families always have some disagreement. If, if your family always agrees all the time, then can I join it? Because, <laughs> unless you disagree with me. Uh, Des, I'm not feeling connected. How do I get more connected? There's lots of ways to get connected. Do we have the connect card? No. No, we don't have it up here. Seb's been hoarding all the cards. Sorry, I'm losing my voice this morning, so hopefully it'll last for the next little bit. Um, we have all these wonderful little cards in the backs of the seats. Um, if you've come for the first time or a couple of times and you're wanting to get connected, um, first of all, just being here is huge. Um, but we also run, as um, Pastor Seb was saying, we run Growth Track every week. That's another way to really get connected to a group of people, um, as well as interacting with the pastors who both of them um, end up teaching these classes on and off. Um, and then we also have these cards. Um, so if you're wanting to get involved, which is a great way to get connected because different um, areas in the church, obviously lots of different peoples and people involved in those areas, you're going to get to know them. Um, so we fill out these cards, and then you can just drop them into the offering baskets. Okay, I like this question a lot. Remember how we were talking about consistency? We're gonna, I'm getting ready to write this down. This is a teachable moment. Consistency is key to connectivity. Yeah. If you come once every six weeks and you wonder why it's hard to connect with people, it's probably because you come once every six weeks. Um, we run a whole bunch of stuff. If you look out on the board, it's called the rollout up in the lobby that's got all the different engage groups that are going. Um, if, if you're finding it hard to get connected and you haven't attended an engage group, then I would encourage you to start there. They run bi-weekly, uh, so it works with your schedule in your life. But if you're trying to, a way to get connected, um, if you come consistently, if you look at getting connected uh, through serving, through growth track, and then you're intentional about uh, going and finding a connect group, then, then we've got all kinds of pathways for you. Now, that being said, we're always trying to get better at creating um, a welcoming, friendly environment where you can meet people. Because let's be honest, going somewhere new is hard, right? Especially if you're by yourself. It's very hard. And we understand that. And, uh, and that's kind of the delicate balance. Like, So this is how church works, okay? Uh, visitors come early. Regulars come late, and all the volunteers come somewhere in the middle. <laughs> so one of the reasons, like, we're like, hey, it would be great if you came early is because the only people that come to church 
are here and they think nobody else comes to this church are people who are visiting for the first time. So they're like, so, what time does this thing start? Because there's nobody here. And as you can see, it's full uh, within 10 minutes of, of church starting. Um, You know, and if we could fix this, we can basically solve all the problems in society. Because, uh, but, but connectivity is hard, uh, so consistency helps. Uh, we've got some different pathways. We're, helpy, we're, helpy, we're happy to help you uh, get connected and find the right spot for you. Not every group is for everybody. And I think there's kind of a lie that, well, i got to go to everything and, and be a part. You don't have to go to everything. You don't have to be a part of everything. It's find that spot that works for you and your family and just uh, be consistent and be a part of it, and you'll find that community and family. Okay, a couple different ones. Why is it important to serve or volunteer? Hold on, don't answer that. Uh, what percentage of attendees serving would you like to have? And do I have to volunteer, or can I just come and enjoy? Okay. All roughly the same thing. All roughly the same. Um, goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, church is for you. Yes, absolutely. Got, you know, to come and get topped up and fed up and all those kind of things. Um, but it's also to help other people. We're here as a beacon of hope, right? That's the reason the church exists. We're the light that shines bright in the darkness. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And that's the reason Jesus said, hey, go and make disciples. And so a part of serving is that to create a Sunday morning experience, it takes 15 to 20 volunteers just to, like, open the door. 15 to 20 volunteers on a, every single Sunday to just open the doors and to have a few people saying hi. Um, so I also believe that if you're struggling with connectivity, the best way you can do that is by serving with someone. Some, it's hard to make always a friendship out of the blue where it's like, hey, Brendan, come on. It's like, hey, Brendan, you're way younger than me. You're way more attractive than me. You have way more hair than me. Uh, we should probably be friends, but we've got nothing in common. That's kind of a hard, cold call type of conversation. Except, hey, Brennan, you play guitar, and I play guitar, and we can talk about our gear, and we can talk about our love for music, and we can do that together on a team. Uh, now we've got a whole basis for a relationship. Thanks, buddy. And so serving on a team, aside from just helping create these environments for people to encounter Jesus, it's also a great way to connect with other people. So the serve rate, um, tonight we're having our volunteer appreciation dinner. Thank you for everyone who RSVP'd. Uh, a big thank you for those who didn't, because there's more for us. And, um, and so anyone who, who, who's serving, you're, you're welcome to join us uh, tonight if you've RSVP'd. And... Uh, I think we've got like 70 people coming out tonight. Now, that's, that's families, because if, if one person in your family serves, your whole family's invited. Um, but our serve rate is very high uh, out of, from a lot of places. Now, our, our percentage keeps dropping as the church keeps growing. We've grown by 100 people in two years, and we're, we're on the same growth track. We're at growth um, is not actually slowing. I thought it would keep growing in, in percentages. That's why... Every time we, we actually bring in more chairs without you knowing um, on Sundays. And every time we do that, the 10 a.m. service is still full. Except um, the people sitting on them. Right. <laughs> uh, and 
they're just not comfortable. I'm, I'm sorry for the person back well, there. Oh, the blue ones. The in blue the back. one. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, the blue ones in the back. The plastic ones for when we need to bring out extra chairs, which is like every. We're week. gonna take so. an offering for new chairs after this. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a few more in stores that we can bring, but um. So we just we keep growing, and, and the second service keeps growing. Now that being said, uh, the the second service always has rooms, the 12, the 12 o'clock service. So I'm just going to throw this out there as a plug. If you're like, hey, you know it's great, the church keep growing. You know a tangible way you can help us with that is by coming to the 12 o'clock service. Um, especially if you don't have kids uh, and you don't have anyone in programming. We have the most number of volunteers to run all of our kids' programs, and they're full pretty much at the back. Um, in the 10 a.m., so we can create more space by coming out to the 12, and that helps us. I don't. What was the question? Oh, yeah, our goal is... 100% uh, everyone serving, everyone being an active part because we share in it uh, and all the successes and all the celebrations together. And uh, we are truly a team. None of this is possible with any one person. Speaking of kids and kids' church, what are my kids doing in the back? And can I get involved in the kids' ministry? They're going a little crazy back there today, actually. Well, wait, wait, by the way, there are 26 kids back there this week. Oh, yeah. If you've ever been back there to see how big those rooms are, <laughs> go take a look. It's crazy. You might want to give those uh, leaders an extra hug and, like, yeah. coffee or something today because uh, they're having a lot of fun back there. Um, so we have three classrooms in the back that we host our kids' ministry in. Um, there's three different age brackets. There's an 18-month to three-year, a four- to six-year, and a seven- to 12-year. Um, we run different um, programs between them, and we kind of adjusted a little bit this last year. We found a curriculum that we really love. Um, it's out of a church um, from the States called Life Church. And if you've ever used the Bible app on your phone, it's made by Life Church. And there's a Bible app for kids. And they actually created an entirely free curriculum that we use. And it's amazing. I mean, your kids are learning some amazing stuff from this curriculum. And we're so blessed um, because it's free. Um, so we run that curriculum now in all three of our rooms. Uh, it's just geared to different age groups. Um, and as for do we need help? Yes, we do. <laughs> Um, as the church grows, it seems our kids' ministry grows uh, almost double what we grow in here. Um, so we are always needing more people, not just um, not just for the teaching aspect, but um, to make sure that it's safe for them, to make sure that, um, you know, kids aren't getting out or, or you know, if they need help, um, there's always an extra hand available. Um if you want to help in, in the kids' department, but you're like, I don't know if I can teach. I'm kind of scared. I don't know about that. Number one, it's actually very simple. Um, we lay it out really clear for you. If you can read and you, you know, you can, you're good around kids, <laughs> pretty much you can do it. Um, but we also um, have some other roles. We like to have someone in the back who is kind of our floater who can help get snacks, wash dishes, uh, make sure kids um, who have to use the washroom get to the washroom and back without running out, things like that. Um, so if you are not sure about teaching, um, then that is another option. And then we'd also like to train a few more people um, with our check-in system. Um, we have a really great system that we love, um, but it does sometimes take 
some extra hands to make sure that the kids are all getting checked in properly. So those are some other areas. You're talking about growth of the church. What if we run out of room on Sunday mornings in both services? Okay. <laughs> now, if you serve and you're a volunteer, I don't want you to get afraid. Because <laughs> every time I say this, somebody's like, oh, my goodness. Um, so we have two years and three quarters left on our lease here. Uh, being good stewards is not running out and spending more money on a bigger space. And the truth is, there's no space available in Spruce Grove right now. <laughs> you know how I know that? Because we're always looking <laughs> at all times. We're actively looking. Cal's been poking around. We've been making some in inquiries ourselves. Okay, uh, so what are we going to do? We're going to keep adding services. I believe we will be at um, four to five services by the time we move out of this building. Now, again, there's a few audible gasps, mostly from people who serve, mostly from pro presenter volunteers who, uh, the way that's gonna, the way that that's most likely gonna work is gonna happen at separate day parts. So there's gonna be two entirely different teams. So if there's four services, there'll be two in the morning, two at night, uh, like 10 and 12 and five and seven or six and eight or four and six, whatever numbers they come up with. There'll be two entirely different teams um, that serve in those things. The only people who are gonna be working double hard is uh, myself, and, and Pastor Seb, and uh, especially the big boss over here. Uh, so don't worry, she always um, brings me back down to earth on that. Now, most likely if there's an e evening service, it's going to be limited child care. Uh, we're going to try and focus all the families into the morning. And now, people are always going to come at different times in the evenings too, so we will have something, but it's going to be limited in the evening as opposed to the full programming in the morning, theoretically. Now, we're about... Uh, so they say 80% is 100% full. We're 110% generally in the 10 a.m. service, and we're only running about uh, 50 people in the 12 o'clock service. So you could help us by shifting over to the 12 o'clock service and creating some more space in the 10 o'clock to prevent the extra service. Now, uh, once we fill it up, then we have to uh, make that call, and generally we start planning for that when we're hitting 65 to 70% capacity in the second service, and that's when we start looking at implementing more services. Uh, and and uh, the more volunteers that we have, the easier it is uh, to, to do that and to make sure that it happens. We don't, I'm a strong, like, huge believer in not burning you out uh, for the sake of building the church, and, um, and that's a real thing. It can happen. And we have to create margin, and that's why it's important that we just keep adding to our team, which means that everybody theoretically does less. But if everybody does less, we can actually accomplish more by adding more and more members to our team. And uh, our goal, and we're not there, uh, but our goal is that theoretically, if we had enough volunteers, everyone could serve once a month. That's our goal. And if we had the higher our percentage rates go in terms of serving, the faster we can get there. And some of our volunteers right now who are serving two or three Sundays because there's certain areas that are always underserved. We're always looking for people in front of house, ushers and greeters. Everyone's like, but I don't know what to say to people. Ask them their name. Ask them what they do. Ask them how they're doing, and uh, you'll be just fine. And uh, we've so always those frontline positions and, and kids, those are the hardest ones to fill. And uh, so our goal is always one Sunday a month. If everyone got involved, we could get to our goal. We could accomplish it very quickly. And then everyone would have a whole lot more margin in their life. 
and everyone will be able to enjoy more Sundays because uh, we think that if we volunteer, we're going to get sucked into a vortex. But the truth is, the more people that volunteer, the less everyone has to volunteer. There's so many text messages <laughs> on that phone. Um, two questions. What happens to church over the summer? And I'm new to the church, so I'm not aware of what you guys do within the community. Sure. Okay. So over the summer, we keep running every Sunday. It just keeps, Sundays never stop coming. In case you haven't noticed, they just keep coming and they don't ever go away. So we're here every single Sunday. Um, I know a lot of churches that do two services sometimes drop down to one service in the summer. Right now, we have no plans on doing that mainly because this service is still full on all the weeks that we plan strategically for them to be down weeks based on our historic schedules. Generally, none of our projections work. So we're just going to just keep running business as usual throughout the summer. That being said, we take a break from our midweek programming. Uh, so all the groups and gatherings kind of back off for the summer. And we do uh, larger like for the church things, barbecues, uh, stuff like that. Last time we did a block party, which we've been talking about, um, those kind of things. Now, the things that we do for the community uh, is is kind of an interesting question because it's twofold. The first part is what are you, uh, every time somebody from our church volunteers somewhere in the community, we're doing something for the community because you're a member of this family and you represent the family. So I know uh, myself and Cheryl, we volunteer at the food bank. There's a few others that, that do that. There's other people that do other things. Um, I just finished my term as a board member, so I'm not a board member uh, anymore because my three years was up. Um, but we are uh, very active uh, in the administration of the food bank. And that passion to keep feeding people, the, the numbers keep going up in, in our region here. Um, and they've gone up again by another 50% this, this year. So, you know, the more we can fill those boxes and take them and fill those boxes and take them and fill those boxes and take them, and if you've got some time, the biggest issue with our food bank out here is that most things happen during the day. So if you're, you're, you're working, it's hard to get to volunteer. But if you can't get to volunteer, you can definitely fill those boxes up every single week. I would love us to fill, like, every week have all the boxes full. I think there's a second box out there this week. Um, and if we just took those every single week, that would be a huge, uh, huge thing. So I think community involvement is big. I've sat on a number of different boards um, out here. And whatever way that we can serve as individuals is actually serving as a family. And then we do program things. We were a big part. I don't know if you knew this. Did anyone come out to the New Year's Eve celebration, family-friendly celebration in Central Park? Uh, okay, Daniel did. You guys did here in Spruce Grove. There's actually 2,500 people that came out. And that was an initiative between myself, Ken from Perks, and uh, Ben Lotes. And so uh, we do a number of those bigger things as well as some of our different community barbecues and things that are happening. Uh, but a big thing is how active do we want to be as individuals? Um, and if we're passionate about something, then let's be passionate about something and let's help you uh, accomplish your goal. We also help with the food bank with the coldest night of the year uh, this past year. So that's kind of our major, uh, has been our major focus in terms of community involvement is taking care of the poor. What irks you as a pastor, and what are some of the hardest things to do as a pastor? And remember, you're at church. I could skip it. No, I don't want to skip it. Uh, I don't want to skip it. This is my moment. Um, Okay, so the hardest part about being a pastor straight up is knowing that no matter what, and I've said this last year, because we do these every year, 
um, the hardest part is knowing that no matter what decision I make, one or more people is not happy. It does not matter what decision I make, somebody is not happy. <laughs> Every time. There is not an exception to the rule. Uh, it can be changing the days of small group, somebody's not happy. It can be changing our frequency of small group, somebody's not happening. Changing our service times, even though we you know, did surveys and we did all those things, somebody's not happy. Um, I could say, I'm up here talking a lot every Sunday, somebody's not happy. The, the reality is, in, in this spot, somebody is always not happy. <laughs> so that's the most difficult part, is, is, is we're trying to move forward and move together. And, and my, the way my brain works, uh, Des can tell you because it drives her insane, I'm always looking, trying to look two years out, trying to look two years ahead. So every change that we make, every little decision that we make is always preparing us for the next season and next stage of growth. So sometimes when we make a change, we're doing it to serve the future us. But we've got to start it now to be good stewards. And that's difficult because you just don't like it. And you let me know. And that's fine. I would honestly rather that you let me know than not. Because I can't do anything to help you <laughs> if you don't share your thoughts. If you sit and you're angry and then you get so angry that you blow up one day or you leave or you whatever. And if we never had a conversation, um, how, could, how could we make to work it better? Work to make it better. Um, what, what, what irks me, um, I think I did talk about consistency. I also talked about coming to church on time. Uh, that irks me, but it doesn't irk me for the reasons that you think. Um, it, it bugs me because... I want to make anyone who comes here, especially the first time, feel comfortable and feel welcome. And we don't do that with an empty building. People really start to question their decision that Sunday morning. And so coming to church on time isn't about us starting on time. Uh, even though, you know, as we end on time, um, maybe we'll just try extending that out. Uh, you know, uh, okay, you know in soccer with injury time, where they like count up how much time, we could just tack it on to the end of service. No, we're not going to do that. Um, but it's, it's because it's uncomfortable to come and sit in a room by yourself. It's uncomfortable to walk into a lobby with some volunteers and then be the only person in that lobby. And so I just want to make, uh, the truth is people think that, um, meeting Jesus and, and encountering Jesus happens once they get into this room. That journey begins in the parking lot. It begins in the parking lot. How you feel when you get out of your car. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to start a parking ministry, Dave. And uh, get people opening doors and shaking hands and saying hi to people. Because the journey starts from the moment you pull into our parking lot. And the truth is, your decision about how you feel and how open your heart's going to be to open uh, to what Jesus wants to do is determined before the service ever starts. So what if we could take down those barriers that we just put up ourselves by coming a little late? And what if we could make, give at least a neutral start? Because then we've got a greater opportunity to see more life change. But that, that's, that's my thing. Desiree, you've got a whole lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I do? No, I don't. I think I would just, I, I would be in agreement with, with my husband on, um, um yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I think I'm just in agreement with my husband in that um, if something 
um, isn't right or something upsets you or something, um, you think something could be done better, um, I agree. I mean, it's so much better if we can just talk about it. <laughs> so much better. Um, you know, we hate to, s to see anyone um, hurt or upset or leaving um, for, s for something that maybe could have been prevented just by a conversation. So... There's a lot of questions. So if you guys want to stay for the second yeah. We're doing service all over as again. well, we'll answer some of those too. Uh, how about this? Because uh, I don't know if we'll have time for very many more. What is next and what is your vision for even, say, the next five to ten <laughs> years? Well, um, what's next? Uh, the next service is next. And uh, we're going to answer more questions in the next service. So if, if yours didn't get answered, you know, stick around if you'd like. Uh, Swiss Chalet is always there, and they're always open. Even though the chalet sauce is different, they're faithful. And uh, uh, the church I see in five years is is a church that continues to grow and thrive and to, to reach more people. Um, you know, over the last, uh, I'm trying to get my numbers straight. Over the last six weeks, we've seen um, 13 decisions to follow Jesus. And so um, our new believers groups about eight with us included in it, and so it's just to, to continue to see those areas grow, to see more people uh, discipled, encounter Jesus, uh, get baptized, uh, be a part of the family of God. Um, to s the greatest thing that I would love to see is to, like I've been talking about, get out of the friend zone and see this truly become a family that only comes when we stick around and we talk to each other or we, we, we join a group or we become intentional. We can If we become intentional about relationship, that's when we cross over from just being a group of people that happens to see each other once a week from truly being a family. And if we can become um, a family, uh, we can actually begin to, uh, we think that maybe that'll like make us a closed group, but I actually think it gives us capacity to reach more people because we begin to tap into the gifts, talents, and abilities of everybody, and the spheres of influence of everybody, and that's going to help us grow. I see us, uh, hope within five years, uh, within a larger facility uh, to be able to handle uh, our capacity, you know, for looking at a five-year outlook. Um, and you don't ask me whether we're going to build it, rent it, lease it. I don't know. Um, some of that's due to the market conditions in Spruce Grove. Um, really, the only opportunity as it sits today is to buy land from a developer and, and to build something to get them to rezone it because Spruce Grove is out of religious assembly zoning. Um, they've just run out of it. And so anytime we, we do something, we have to apply for site-specific zoning amendments if it's going to be um, not in an existing spot. So that's kind of where we've got to go. That's why at the end of today, we're doing our Heart for the House offering. All that is is we do it twice a year and... Um, it, it's just planning towards our future. It's, it's saying, hey, you know, we know that we want to be ready for whatever God's got for us. Listen, you don't have to, if you're like, hey, I didn't know that was today, that's totally fine. You can give it any time uh, towards that. And that's where just setting aside money so that when the right opportunity does come, we're not going, oh, man, we wish we had some cash. <laughs> you know, we got to be good stewards and we got to plan. Even though there's nothing on the horizon, if we could plan and prepare, then we can be ready to respond uh, to what God has for us. And, uh, and that's just being wise, right? That's just, just planning ahead. Um, so that's kind of, that's where I see us is continuing to grow. Like I said, I believe within, within two and a half years, we'll probably be at four or five services in this building, um, unless a building opens up sooner. Um, one of the things, though, I will say is we are going to help find another church take over this space for the specific reason that 
um, if a church does not occupy these bays for six months, we lose the religious assembly zoning in the city. So this is a, so then there would no longer be a church here and they're not getting it back. It's been a big battle even when Gateway was here, the last church that was here, to get this zone for a religious assembly. So we will find another church to take over the space, and we're going to bless them because we're not going to take a lot of this stuff with us. Uh, we're going to, you know, some of it we will, but some of us we're going to try and bless to the next church that comes in so they can get a running start and not feel uh, trapped or stuck. And, uh, but we will always do our best to, to serve our city and to make sure that churches have a place to succeed because we're not, not going to be the only churches for Strove. If you think that one church is going to be the church, you've got it all wrong. <laughs> That's why it's the family of God. There's a diversity. You know, we, we've got tribes, and we can reach all the people within our tribe, and that can be a really big tribe. But the family of God is necessary to reach all different types of people. Spruce Grove Community is going to reach different types of people. Spruce Grove Alliance is going to reach different types of people. Parkland Baptist is going to reach different types of people. Lighthouse and Stony is going to reach different types of people. But we're all on the same team. We're just doing it a little bit differently. So we are always going to do our best to see our, our, our other churches succeed. And it's this space specifically uh, will succeed, mainly because think about where City Hall is. It's right across the street. They have to drive by this thing every single day. And they have to remember that there's a site-specific zoning amendment on this thing. And there's a church here every single day within proximity to that building. And I think there's a responsibility uh, with this location. Let's finish off with tithes and offerings and heart for the house. Okay. <laughs> if you look in the seat back in front of you, you will see that there's an envelope. Um, each and every Sunday we do tithes and offerings, and uh, it is a special Sunday for Heart for the House. Uh, again, if you are uh, new, fill this out. We'd love to find out who you are. You can come tackle uh, one of us, and we will hook you up with a $5 coffee card. But um, we do the... What? Oh, no, don't tackle Des. That's fine. Just somebody else. Um, but you could do uh, cash and or we have a credit and debit in the back for tithes and offerings. And then for the Heart for the House... You can uh, put on your envelope a special, yeah, check the other button, and that'll be for that. Or you can write H for the H, or that's how the kids are doing it these days. And we're cool like that. But, um, and then that way it, it gives you an opportunity. If, again, you were just unaware of this, that this was happening, you can uh, perfectly consider for this whole week, and then we can do it as well next week. You can write it in the envelope. And uh, other than that, uh, you want to finish off with prayer this morning? Yeah, why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes. So the, the one thing that we always do is we always uh, give an opportunity for uh, somebody to meet Jesus. And so I want to do that right now. Everyone's uh, heads are closed, their eyes are bowed, nobody's looking around. But you may be here today and you're like, oh, I stumbled into this weird question and answer thing on a Sunday at church. At least you're not yelling at me out of the Bible. Uh, but I don't believe it's a mistake that you're here. I believe God brought you here for a specific purpose, and he wants to start a journey with you, a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not about religion, it's about relationship, and so Jesus wants to meet you exactly where you are. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you want to start your journey with Jesus, even though you may not understand all of what that means or how that looks, but you want to start that journey today. I'm simply going to count down uh, from three, and when I get to one, just give me a very quick wave. Nobody's looking around, but what you do need to understand is that while I'm counting it, Everyone who's already made that choice, made that decision, who's a part of this family of God, is actually praying for you right now that you'd have the courage to start your journey today. So if that's you today and you want to start your journey with Jesus, give me a quick wave in three, 
to one. Amen. Amen. Well, let me pray for you. Jesus, we're so thankful uh, that we have an opportunity just to be up here to, to talk, to, to just be open and transparent and just and just get to know one another as a family. And, and God, I'm thankful for every single person that's here today uh, because every single person carries the hope of Jesus in them, your hope inside of them. And so I pray that as, as, as they go out from this place, that they would have opportunities in this week to, to make deposits of your love, to be a, a beacon of hope wherever they are, to speak truth in moments where truth needs to be spoken and to, to, to walk alongside those who are in grieving moments. God, none of us ever gets it right all the time, but you're, you're, you're so excited to work with us and work through us, and it's an honor to work with you, Jesus. So thank you for giving us the privilege of walking in this life with you and partnering with you to see lives changed forever. And everybody in this place said, amen. Go Oilers. Um, in just a moment, uh, we're going to head out. Thank you so much for your giving. If you're coming for the volunteer dinner, don't worry. The game will be on the big screen. We've got you covered. Thank you for serving. Thanks for your questions. If your questions didn't get answered, feel free to stick around. Uh, you're like, all right. And if you do, I'm probably going to give you a prize because I don't think many people actually will. So uh, have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Oh, this week in Connect Groups and next week at Engage City Church on Sunday. You've been listening to the Engage Life, powered by Engage City Church. If you like what you heard, check out EngageChurch.ca.